it might be obvious, the last kind of psalm that we're going to talk about this morning are psalms of thanksgiving (laughs) and psalms of gratitude, of reasons that we have to give thanks. And really, this is just another type of praise psalm. I said in the very beginning of this series, we see in the book of Psalms really just two types. We have lament psalms and we have praise psalms. But over the last several weeks, we've also seen that these kind of intertwine and intermix and there are you know, notes of gratitude even as the psalmist cries out for help or even as the psalmist laments that things aren't quite as they had hoped they would be. They're kind of intertwined. And even some of the vengeance sort of ragey psalms that Micah talked about, um, even in some of those, there were other elements of cries for help and, and lament. So these kind of all you know, weave together. But psalms of thanksgiving, psalms of gratitude, it's just another, another type of praise psalm. We've kind of added uh, throughout the course, I mentioned Anne Lamont says, you know, the only prayers that you need are help, thanks, wow. But we've also added arg to that, <laughs> or really, <laughs> really, help, <laughs> help, thanks, wow, arg. Uh, and so a praise, a, a praise psalm, or this psalm of thanksgiving that we're going to look at this morning is another... Uh, It's a prayer of thanks. It's a prayer of wow. It's a reason to praise God. Okay, so is it going to start? Is it going to start, Megan? This is your test. First time, first time behind the, behind the wheel. Don't everybody look at once. Everybody look at once. (laughs) There we go. Don't. I told her beforehand. It's like everyone's going to notice if you mess up. (laughs) Don't tell me that. Doing great. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Now it's me. So, if it, y'all, if it messes up now, it's me. I want everybody to know it's me. Hi, it's me. <laughs> okay, so David Taylor says this about the Psalms All Psalms of praise describe in some fashion who God is by telling the reader what he has done. And they invite the reader then to bear witness to such a God and yield oneself to this faithful God. It's a twin invitation to testimony and self-surrender so that we might fully give ourselves to God in praise. We don't have much, but we have this hallelujah. So we throw up our hands and offer what we do of testimony and self-surrender so we can fully give ourselves to God in praise. It's why we started with Psalm 100 this morning, saying that together, this psalm of praise that invites us to make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. This psalm for Israel functioned as sort of a summons to all the people who lived in the promised land, who were standing on the promises fulfilled of, their, of God to their fathers and to their ancestors, right, of, of summoning them to, to come, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth, to shout as they did, uh, not with just the conquering armies when victory was won or to applaud as they did when the king strode into town in, the, in their midst, But this shout for joy, it's for the Lord. It's for their covenant God, and it's God's victory, and it's God's honor. So serve the Lord with gladness. This is a gladness that one commentator said. This is a gladness, not just a Sunday smile, (laughs) but a gladness that wells up from within this merriment as we focus on the goodness of God and the provision of God and the faithfulness of God and nothing else. Right? It's not just a polite smile on Sunday morning of a glad heart, but your full, sort of full being 
So serve him, this, this uh, total worship, offering what we have. Come into his presence with singing. I'm off one. Come into his presence with singing. Move toward his sanctuary, his presence, where, where he sort of promised to meet us in the world. Where the eternal may be found in time. And not just in, in walls that we set aside and say are holy, but in different sanctuaries that we might find as holy throughout the earth. And I think of uh, singing, make a joyful noise, I, the other psalm that says make a joyful noise to the Lord, right? Um, this one, make a joyful noise to the Lord. It reminds me of John Wesley's instructions for singing that are printed in the front of our, of our United Methodist hymnal. Do you guys remember back in November when we were doing Methodism for dummy, for Smarties, sorry. <laughs> the series was called Methodism for Smarties. And we looked at the beginning of our hymnal where it says that John Wesley has like seven or eight different instructions for singing. And most of them are pretty funny. Uh, but the first one is sing lustily and with good courage. Be aware, uh, beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep. <laughs> My dad's not here this morning, so we're good. Okay. <laughs> beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep. But lift up your voice with strength. And then the very last one says this. This is Wesley's instructions for singing. Above all, sing spiritually. Have an eye to God in every word you sing. Aim at pleasing him more than yourself or any other creature. In order to this, attend strictly to the sense of what you sing and see that your heart is not carried away with the sound but offered to God continually. So shall your singing be such as the Lord will approve of here and reward when he cometh in the clouds of heaven. Sing spiritually. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, with all your life, give glory to God. It reminds me of that verse from 1 Corinthians 10. This is from the Westminster Catechism, but it says, Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Although we say that Psalm 100 is sort of in the context of worship, I think it captures this whole life lived as a worship and offering to God. So whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And then verse 3 says, to know that the Lord, he is God, and, and it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. What a gift it is to be known by one another and by God. This is a matter of not just our heart and our soul, but our mind, all that we have to know God. An invitation. Knowing that it is God who made us who were no people and, and chose us as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a, a, a holy nation. That's a promise to the people of Israel, but now through Christ, we can experience that same identity, that, that same through Christ, we are part now of the family of God. It's an understanding of who we are and what we are to do. The call to thanksgiving then throughout the Psalms, throughout our whole life, is on the basis of this definition. We are God's people. We are his handiwork, his masterpiece, of set aside to be a royal priesthood. I love this, that another commentator says, James Mays, the only possible thanksgiving to the covenant Lord, then, is to practice our vocation that is our purpose, our meaning, our, our mission in this life. It's the discipleship of belonging to God. That's why we praise God. 
through Christ now we belong. The discipleship of belonging. We have this identity. We have this purpose. We have this mission. And because of that, everything changes. Everything changes. So the invitation is to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. This, this God who knows us, who made us, who calls us, in whom we belong. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Because the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. In these psalms of thanksgiving, they invite us to to list more than just things that we are grateful for. But it's an invitation to remember who we are, to remember the goodness of God, to remember that we have been called. So we could say this morning that we are thankful for our church family. We are thankful for this mission. We are thankful for the life and ministry and example of Jesus Christ. We are thankful for the life that has been given to us. What is that song Um, on a good day, I'm a child of God. On a bad day, I'm a child of God. I've got breath in my lungs. I've got, Debbie knows what I'm talking about. You want to sing it? No, she does not. Yes, that'd have been a good time to enter that in, but it just came to me. This kind of idea that we are children of God, we have this identity that we are called, and so no matter what, we can be thankful for the life that we've been given for the purpose and clarity that we have, for the gathering of believers. So in that spirit, I invite you, let's bless his name. We listed some things, some good news that we are thankful for, but what's more? Is there anything anyone would like to add? Thankful for God for this. Or maybe a praise report, maybe some way that you have seen God at work in your life recently. And y'all are looking at me like, did not know there was going to be a pop quiz this morning. I'm thankful I woke up this morning. Sharon is thankful she woke up this morning. Yes, for the breath in our lungs. Amen. Yeah. I'm thankful she woke up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. As soon as I took Bob on the mission trip to North Carolina, storm hits, and uh, yeah, thankful that everybody's okay in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Yes, amen. The generosity of others, of our of our sister Methodist church, allowing us a place to worship. Yeah. It is such a gift along that note of like, because this is my home church and my parents were members here before I was born, I feel like these are the walls of my home and that I, you know, I walk down the halls and I have all these different memories. And so in a season where I could be overly anxious, and some of you are like, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a peace and solace that I've had of just, of, of just being held. Of like I sit up in that office and my childhood mentor is two doors down and it's like, all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. God is good. Well, yeah. No one was hurt in our building on April 5th, 2023 when the storm blew the roof off our building. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Thankful for everything that God has given us that we can bless and give to others. I've been trying to be like um, really present, you know, when you're, when you're with your kids and when you're home, you're like, okay, like enjoy these fleeting moments, right? Um, don't put the phone, you know, put the phone away. Stop, you know, going through your list of all the things that you need to get done. And it's a discipline. I'm working on it. Uh, but just like the simplicity of like sweet moments with my kids the last couple of weeks. Like summer has just been so fun. And just the simplicity of blowing up a, like a pool, inflatable pool in the backyard and watching my two-year-old run full speed with just like full abandon and just launch himself into this pool. He's okay. And he just, you know, <laughs> these second born are durable. <laughs> these second kids, they are impressive. <laughs> and it's just so much joy, just so much joy. And I'm just um, so grateful to God that I get to figure this out and parent them um, along, with, along with Matt. Yeah, for the gifts of life that we've been given. Yeah. So in that spirit, as I've been learning, we, uh, we took the kids actually on the 4th. Um, we took them fishing on Tuesday morning, on the 4th of July. Boys had really been looking forward to it. And so you can imagine trying to get out early enough where we beat all the crowds and the crazies that come, you know, later. Um, so we're like, okay. Um, and all kinds of, uh, we had like six adults on the boat and the two boys and, you know, they're in their life jackets and they're, you can just bouncing around just with glee. They're so excited, can't contain it. We end up catching four fish. Yeah, all of them caught by Matthew, which was, you know, <laughs> it's how our life is. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're all this little bluegill. They're not keepers. And, <laughs> yes. and just the, the picture, I wish I had a picture of it. All the boys really wanted, they didn't really touch a fishing pole. They just wanted to have the live well door open. And you could just see them just peering over. And they're just little backsides, just peering over and just watching and talking to the fish as they swim around in the live well. So, so tons of fun. We go to pack up to leave. We're getting ready. These are not keepers. We thought Logan understood that. He did not. <laughs> so we, Matt goes to toss them back, and oh, my sweet boy just loses it. I mean, bawling. He is so sad. He wanted to take these fish home. We weren't sure if he wanted to eat them or if he wanted to just keep them. We, it was unclear in the emotion. It was unclear. All we know is that his expectations were not met. <laughs> Big mistake. And so that night, I mean, we went on with the day, and um, it had a lot of other fun things that happened. But as I was laying him down, he, wouldn't, he couldn't go to sleep. He's just bawling. <laughs> and I said, son, you know, what's, what's going on? He said, I am so sad. I am just so sad about those fish. And I said, buddy, I understand. That was really disappointing. What are some other good things that happened today? <laughs> and he, he's like, what? Um, I said, well, you know, was it a, a completely bad day? You know, just totally? And he said, no, and listed some other things. I said, what are you grateful for, four-year-old? You know, I'm learning, y'all. He's like, grateful? What is that word? I said, what are some things that make you happy? And all he did was list off different toys <laughs> that he had, which is true. Oh, and then it turned into the list of all the things that he wants for his birthday in a couple of weeks. The list is long. 
And I was learning of like his expectations are about to not be met again because there's no way this child is getting all of these things for his fifth birthday. But I was trying to teach him that in life and in these days, both of these things can be true. I fumbled a bit. <laughs> I fumbled a bit as I was trying to articulate this to him, right? Of, of it's okay that we can be sad and disappointed about unmet expectations and also be grateful for the gifts of life that we do have. And really, that's what the Psalms have given us words for, and they allow us to acknowledge and to admit that both things in life can be true. Even though for Logan it turned into just a list of all of the possessions and material things, I said, yeah, but what about your baby brother? Aren't you thankful? No, no, he just messes up my toys, you know. What about time with mommy and daddy? He stopped on that one, like, oh, hmm. But I'm trying, we're trying, we're learning. And that's what we're here to do too, to learn, to try, to wrestle with the deep things of life and to see that in scripture, in this book of prayer that have been handed down over the generations and generations of faithful people trying to figure it out and trying to follow God and trying to take all of it to God in prayer, the hope, the rage, the lament, the sorrow, the sadness, the suffering, the joy, the thanksgiving, the Psalms have given us permission to name it all and to acknowledge that many things can be true at the same time. And I say that because even as we look to a few of these examples of Psalms of Thanksgiving, you might think, oh, you know, you have to do that with a glad and joyful heart when everything is all good and everything, you're just thankful for everything in life. And that's, that's what the Psalms of Thanksgiving do. Actually, in fact, the Psalms of Thanksgiving, even in some of them, there are notes of lament and notes of acknowledging the suffering and the sorrow and the sadness of where we have been. Just a few examples that I've given you kind of each week as we've looked at a different type. Here are a few psalms of thanksgiving. And in Psalm 30, we have one of these examples where there's sort of this acknowledgement, the acknowledgement of, of the suffering that has been. Verse 4, sorry, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night. But joy comes with the morning. Good morning. Good morning. Joy comes with the morning. This is where God seeks to take us, says this commentator, David, David Taylor. This is where God seeks to take us from hard labor to the fruit of our labor, from sorrow to gladness, from exile to home. And for the psalmist, there is always a sense in which joy retains a poignant residue of sorrow, a kind of happy sadness that marks our earthly pilgrimage. That's it. As we look back to God's faithfulness and look forward with hope to Christ's return and the fulfillment of God's promises, there's this sense, right? There's this sense of this happy sadness that marks this earthly pilgrimage found even in the Psalms of Thanksgiving. We can have reasons to praise God. We can have things that we are thankful for and still have a sense of hope deferred, of expectations not always met. And yet the psalmist invites us, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We have reason to praise God even as we recognize that things in our life and things in the world are not quite 
as they should be. Psalm 107 is another example. It starts with, give thanks to the Lord because he is good. His faithful love lasts forever. And then there's like 24 verses here of all the things that have gone wrong. And this is listed as a psalm of thanksgiving. (laughs) All of these immediate experiences of grief and loss, some of the redeemed had wandered into the desert. They'd been sitting in darkness and deep gloom. They were fools because of their sinful ways. Some of their... Some of the, again, it repeats, some of the redeemed had been sitting in darkness and deep gloom. They were prisoners, suffering in chains. And each time there's a refrain, it repeats, so they cried out to the Lord in their distress and God saved them from their desperate circumstances. And it ends, the psalm ends like this. Let them thank the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all people. Let them exalt God in the congregation of the people and praise God in the assembly of the elders. and the assembly of the believers and the gathered community, let them praise God. I appreciate that even in these psalms of thanksgiving, there's acknowledgement. There's acknowledgement of the, the suffering or the loss or the grief Because praise arises even at times out of the contexts of suffering. Not in the sense that it ignores the suffering, but that it declares itself in hope. Not in the denial of the reality of what we are experiencing. I think this is sort of what it means when we talk about the joy of the Lord being our strength. That there's this movement of faith. That it's ultimately from lament to praise. And as I said earlier, that it's joy that is our chief aim and our end in the kingdom of God. And that's the movement that we see all throughout Psalms and all throughout this earthly pilgrimage, lament moving toward praise, toward joy as our chief aim. I'm going to close with this uh, this final quote. Uh, It's from a letter written in 1942 by Dietrich Bonhoeffer to his students in his underground seminary that he'd been teaching in for many years up until, now, let's see, it was written in 1942. Yes, so he's writing after the fact, after he's already imprisoned. But the seminary was forced to close, this underground seminary, in 1937 by the German forces. And so he began his letter from prison writing to his former students, these leaders of faith, he begins his letter by naming those who had been killed in action, saying this, everlasting joy will crown their heads. It's not on the slide, but you can hear hear his words. The joy of God has been through the poverty of the manger and the affliction of the cross. Therefore, it is indestructible It does not deny affliction when it is there, but it finds in the very midst of distress that God is there. It does not argue that sin is not grievous, but in that very place of sin is found forgiveness. It looks death in the face, and it is there that it finds life. The joy of God, he says, has been through the poverty of the manger and the affliction of the cross. Therefore, it is indestructible. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
The Psalms of Thanksgiving this morning leave room for our affliction and distress, for our lament, for acknowledgement of our sin that draw us to the salvation of God that we experience now today through Jesus Christ. And I think that movement of a psalm of thanksgiving that draws us to praise is also the movement that happens here at the table. As we're invited each week to remember, remember, yes, who we are, but remember what Christ has done for us. We remember the, the misery and the suffering and the sacrifice of that night. The desperation as Jesus cried out in prayer, a psalm. We remember when he gathered with his friends and when he took bread and he broke this bread and he gave thanks to God and he gave it to his friends and he said, take and eat. This is my body which has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And we remember how he took a cup and he gave thanks to God. He gave it to his friends and he said, drink from this all of you. This is my cup of the new covenant. Cup of salvation that's been poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink from it in remembrance of me. And as you know, I often say, our liturgy says, and so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts of salvation in Jesus Christ, we come and we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice. We offer all that we have in union with Christ's offering for us, who meets us in our misery, who meets us in our pit, who meets us in our sin and our desperation and our struggle and redeems us the movement toward hope and new life and redemption and promise. In union with Christ's offering to us in his death and resurrection, we join him in that movement. As we declare together our mystery of faith, in which we say it's not on the slides, but we say Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. From lament to praise. Christ will come again. Um, so I said on week one of our series that there are five books of Psalms and sort of separated from that are the last Psalms of Hallelujah. And on a Sunday we've been talking about Thanksgiving and praise. I thought it only fitting to end by looking at one of those Psalms of Hallelujah. It's Psalms 146 to 150 and they repeat over and over again, Hallelujah, Praise the Lord. And it almost serves as a conclusion to the whole entire book of Psalms. Hallel, meaning a command to praise. Yah, pray, it's a shorthand for Yahweh. This command throughout these last five books, praise Yahweh, praise Yahweh, praise Yahweh. As it moves, the beginning of Psalms, kind of a lot of lament, a lot of suffering, to the end of more praise at the end, this serves as that kind of fitting conclusion. So as we leave, I'd like to invite you to stand with me as we say together, as we pray together, the words of Psalm 150. And we're going to say this together. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. 
Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go in peace and be the revolution.